Hello and welcome to Data Hub's podcast, Shaping You. We are a growing team of ambitious young women with the mission to socialize through knowledge. We believe that sharing information with others is a great service everyone can benefit from. In this episode, you will be listening to a discussion with Jasim Hamad about entrepreneurship. I'm Maryam Yassin, and I'm the moderator of today's podcast. Welcome, Jasim. We are happy to have you on this episode of Shaping You. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor for us to have you. Uh, do you want to briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? Surely, surely. Um, so my name is Jossam Hamid, and I'm 24 years old. My background is in engineering, but what I'm doing right now is I'm focusing on entrepreneurship, right? I'm focusing on projects that I feel passionate about. So I started my career very early when it comes to business, when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to what I call digital alchemy, which we will talk about um, afterwards. So, you know, I started off um, at 15. Um, I'm great. I was grateful enough and still am grateful enough um, to have mentors. And so, you know, they explained the whole process for me on how you could take an idea, believe it, take massive action, and then ultimately achieve it. Great, thank you. Well, you said you graduated from engineering school. Why did you choose engineering and did you work in that field at some point? Yes, um, to be honest, the only reason why I got into engineering is because that was at the time the most challenging um, in terms of workload, in terms of building character. Um, we have, by the way, I was, um, I'm not going to mention the company, but I was technically an employee who was also studying on the side. And so it was in a training facility rather than in a university. And we had to clock in, clock out by the minute. So the reason why I chose engineering for one is the challenge for two is for it to build character that, um, or values that we could use for other facets of life. Great. What is the story behind the shift between, well, from engineering to entrepreneurship? Amazing, right? So keep in mind that I was into entrepreneurship before even engineering. And the reason why I got into engineering was, of course, you know, um, what I explained prior to this. But one of the biggest things is if you cannot work on your project part-time, you can never work on your project full-time. And if you can work on what you wanna work with while having a job, while having stability, um, I believe that's really gonna help you when it comes to your decision-making process. So you don't have to rush anything, right? You don't need to focus on being profitable as soon as possible or forcing profitability. And that is exactly um, the story <laughs> behind it. So it, it was less of a shift and more of a continuation of what I built up in, in uh, while I was 15. I get you, perfect. Um, how did you find your mentors and, and how did that affect your, your career and your decision-making? That is a great question. Um, by the way, I'm a big, big believer 
um, endorser of finding mentors, of copying mentors, and, and of course, being inspired by them. So when it, when it was 2015, what I did was I realized the power of associations. I realized the power um, of picking the right people for your inner circle. And looking around me, um, I realized that I had to really isolate myself. I mean, I still love my friends. I still love my family. But when it comes to success, I cannot hang around them um, for long periods of times. So what I did was I engaged in isolation and I changed myself internally, which in turn allowed circumstances to happen that would connect me to my mentors. And most of, the, most of my mentors, by the way, um, were what, what's called virtual mentors, meaning most of them don't even know me, but I followed them, but I learned from them, right? But I took their courses and I adopted their values, their, their uh, characteristics and their beliefs um, and burnt that internally. That's actually very interesting. Uh, do you want to talk to us about uh, Alchemist X and what it stands for? Surely, surely. So um, I read a book pro probably nine years ago, if I'm not mistaken, and it's called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure most, most of the audiences or most people probably know about it. Um, it's one of the, one of those books that is translated into every language imaginable out there in the world. And so, so Alchemist X, um, I believe X represents something. And I do believe that um, even data X hub does represent something that X represents to me a center point. It represents um, a location, a community where all similar minded individuals can come together. And X for me also represents the future. Right, um, you know, like whenever iPhone releases something new, it's X. Whenever there's a new tech, uh, new tech product, there's something to do with X. And the most important thing having to do with the letter X is X is a variable, right? Um, I believe we can be, do, and have anything we desire. So Alchemist X is the alchemist of the future. It's um, for those who know the ancient science of alchemy, um, there are two end products when it comes to alchemy, right? One is the philosopher's stone. Um, by the way, I, I, I'm not endorsing it as, a, as real or fictional or anything. Um, this came from the book, The Alchemist. And so fictionally, right? And when, you, when you look at it in terms of fiction and that paradigm and that um, viewpoint, you can see how they're turning metals to gold, or they could formulate, for example, the fountain of youth, right? The elixir of life. The way I see it in today's world is what we are internally will correspond with what we manifest externally. And so Alchemist X is where you could get mentors who have gone through that road, who have gone through that path of inner excellence, and also those who who just recently discovered um, what we call, for example, the law of attraction, right? The power of the mind. And so we wanna show them, hey, you are not alone. 
because when I first discovered that, um, the only person back then who I knew talked about this in such high regard was Mr. Bob Proctor. And I realized, hey, we really have to have a community that people can plug into, believe, get mentors, and achieve whatever it is they want to do. Thank you. Um, well, we've noticed you have a big online audience. Uh, what would you say to someone who also wants to start building their online audience? That is a fantastic question, especially in today's world. See, what I've realized is the number one way to, to build an, an online audience is do not try to force anything, all right? Do not try to force or show anything, but rather be authentic. That's number one. Number one is be authentic. If you're still starting out as an entrepreneur, instead of faking it like most people, what I say is document the journey, right? You want to document, hey, um, one day I'm going to reach here, but now this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm documenting. And another big factor is consistency. So the more consistent you are with providing value, the more consistent you are with what I call finding your tribe, the more consistent you are with your brand image, your brand values, the better it is to grow a big audience. You see, you wanna, you wanna turn strangers into friends, right? And friends into family. And I believe, um, so instead of trying to build an audience without a system, I, I want you to sit down, draw a line, draw a vertical line, on the left of that line, write down who you are in terms of features. I'm this person, I live in this country, and whatever else. On the right side, write down your passions, write down your values, write down um, your characteristics. Once you write that down, I want you to take some of these and formulate your brand image, formulate your profile around these values, right? So if I'm, uh, I'm an entrepreneur who struggled with um, a disability, for example, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna find my tribe who had similar challenges and want to be entrepreneurs. So that is uh, my, my key steps that I've used over time to build an audience. Thank you so much. Uh, that was very inspiring, actually. Uh, I'm gonna ask you a question and I know it's a very big question, but <laughs> bear with me. What is, according to you, the key to success? Okay. <laughs> um, that, that is indeed a, a big question. And I believe um, I'm a lifelong learner my concept or whatever I speak about now might change in the future based on my experiences, based on what I learn, based on what I see. But what is fundamental and what I see never changes is we focus so much on doing, which is wrong, right? Like whatever you hear of success, you see a to-do list of 10 activities, 20 activities, you see a full calendar for the month. What I believe is the key to success is, of course, number one, hey, it's, it's not a secret, all right? 
success leaves clues. Meaning, if you were to look around you, whatever it is you want, someone has something similar to in degree. Whether it's a financial goal, whether it's a, a fitness goal, whether it's um, a legacy goal, someone out there in the world has what it is you want. And keep in mind, success leaves clues. So what you want to do is you want to reach out, whether personally um, or virtually, and see and learn what it is that they have done. All right? And what I've realized with various different people from different fields is what's crucial is we focus so much on doing, but we focus so less on being. Now, I don't remember who, who it was. Um, I can't really recall, but there was this philosopher who said something along the lines of one must be something to be able to do something. All right. And I don't know if we're going to talk about the spiritual side of success now or later. I'm guessing it's later, but I believe mindset, right? Mindset plus skill set or plus doing or plus work multiplied by faith equals success. Well, yes, obviously, you can speak to us about the spiritual side of success and what it means to you and what it means in general. We want to hear that. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So um, when it comes to the spiritual side of success, this is what, um, what we're continuing on, along with what we talked about with the key of success. I'm a big, big follower of Napoleon Hill and his works with the law of success, his works with Think and Grow Rich. Um, and I believe what he has written is information that everyone has to get access to. Not only access to, but also the willingness to apply. And the spiritual side, side of success, in my opinion, is an opinion, I believe more than 90% of success, at least from my life, came from the spiritual side of success. So, for example, let's say you are a student, all right? The physical side of success, which is the other side of spiritual, might be studying might be, you know, putting in the extra hours reading, putting in, um, getting in early in your classes, right? Um, whatever it is that's physical, that's out here in the world is the physical side of success. But I believe over 90, 95, possibly even up to 99% of the game with any field is the spiritual side. Now the spiritual side entails thoughts entails emotions, entails pictures. One of my biggest mentors told me, Jossam, your mind thinks in pictures. So guys, think, right? Or visualize the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. That exam is killing you, but if you had the end in mind that, hey, tomorrow I wanna lead a company. So visualize yourself in that desk. Visualize yourself in front of the people in a meeting leading that company, 
right? What, what I used to do is I throw pictures, I'd literally print pictures of what I wanted. I throw them all around the house, right? So when I wake, woke up, it's in front of me. I go to the toilet, it's in front of me. I, I prepare my coffee, it's in front of me. I, whatever it is, what I'm doing is I'm burning this image into my subconscious mind. And whatever it is you believe with absolute certainty is what you will attract. I know some people call this the law of attraction. For us to truly succeed, we also have to understand the spiritual laws. And we have to move in alignment with these laws, right? So the famous one is law of attraction. But there are other laws, right? Like the law of control, the law of belief, the law of correspondence, the law of the mind the law of non-resistance, the law of cause and effect. For example, the, the law of control states you are, you are happy or positive in direct correlation with how much control you feel about your life. So the more control you feel you have, the happier you are. And one of the biggest sides of this, uh, the spiritual side of success is faith. Now, a lot of people can visualize a lot of people can verbalize, by the way. Ver verbalization is one of those ways, speaking something, words have power, all right? So visualization, verbalization, writing them down on paper is another big thing. And it's not just writing the goals, I believe, but what made the difference in my life is I switch from, by the way, I still use these concepts, as guidelines, but not rules. Remember how they would train us to set SMART goals, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound? We can use these as guidelines, but change the format. Now, it is my belief that gratitude can truly open the doors to blessings into your life. And so what I do with goal setting is the way I write my goals down on paper is in this format, all right? I am so happy and I am so grateful now that I, I'll input the goal and then put a time to it by whatever it is, right? So as an example, because we are entrepreneurs here, for example, right? Let's say you have a sales goal you want for your company. So you can be like, I am so happy and grateful now that we have done a billion dollars in sales by 2021. So I believe in that format, what you're doing is you're opening up your mind because you're writing it in the present tense form along with gratitude. And the biggest side with, uh, with the spiritual side of success, the key factor is who will you become? Remember we said, hey, we wanna focus on being rather than just merely doing. So who will you become has to do with your self-concept, with your self-image. And I believe that the mind is a supercomputer and language is its programming. The words, the self-talk is its programming, right? And what, what we teach in Alchemist X is how you could take this and turn it into a science. How can you apply this? What, what daily rituals, right? What daily rituals do we need 
to be able to take that big goal. I'm so happy and grateful now that whatever that big goal is and break them down in daily rituals. So that is the, uh, the spiritual side of success. There is much more to it, but what I've covered is the practical steps to use with the spiritual side of success. And thank you for that. Another point we know you are passionate about is apprenticeship. Would you like to explain to us how apprenticeship uh, allows one to break into entrepreneurship? Surely we'll do. I'm really enjoying these questions. Um, big shout out to Miriam for putting up these questions, interesting questions that get people excited to talk about. So apprenticeship is a lost art in this world. And if you were to see in the past, masters were created by apprenticeship. Every great per person was an apprentice and still is an apprentice. And apprenticeship just means you being ready to be coachable. So, you know, a lot, a lot of the, uh, how do I explain this? Very few people in the world come together and share knowledge. Um, and one of the biggest things, one of the biggest factors is what we call the coachability index. And the coachability index is from any scale you wanna create. We created the one to 10 scale. And our goal in life is to constantly increase our coachability index. Now, the coachability index is broken down into two main um, parts. Part number one is, are you willing to learn? Now, this is where most people can say yes, right? But what they fail to realize is that first part is only half of the equation. The second, and in my opinion, the most important part is, are you willing to change? And I believe one of the biggest uh, ways in which you could be, you could increase your willingness to change is via a mentor and via being an apprentice. So whatever field it is you have, I want you to repeat them with these words as you're listening to this, I am an apprentice in this field, right? I am an apprentice in this field. You see, once you start thinking of yourself as an apprentice and your field as an art, as something you want to master, your willingness to change and to apply that information goes higher and higher. Now, um, I mentioned this before that success leaves clues. So you wanna be careful with who you listen to when you want to become a, an apprentice. And one way to know um, on who to listen to is to ask yourself, hey, these are my goals, right? So let's say I have goal A, goal, goal B, and goal C. If I want to reach these goals, does the person who's giving me advice already reach these goals? Are they living the life I want to live? Are they creating impact to a level that I want to create? Or if it's a fitness goal, are they in that standpoint where their fitness is what I want? So if they don't have the results you want, to cut things clear, do not listen to them, right? So remember, who you listen to is very important. And another big thing with getting a mentor is it can save you a lot of time, a lot of trial and error. error. 
and help you with developing associations, right? My mentor did a good job of connecting me to people who could further enhance my belief, who could further enhance my skills, who could um, put me in a community because one of the um, missing factors or missing links, I believe, in, in how we learn today is the emotional side of learning. It's when things don't only make sense in the physical or mental, but it emotionally makes sense. It's like you, you become part of knowledge, right? So you become one with that knowledge you seek. And, you know, having mentor, they're going to connect you to other people who can give you even more information or who can help you further um, along the line or who you could ask for referrals, right? So associations is rule number one when it comes to having a mentor or being an apprentice. And rule number two is every single great person we know of was an apprentice to a mentor, all right? And if we could adopt apprenticeship in today's world, just like how it was adopted in the past, I believe we're gonna turn what's known as the golden age or the golden era to achievement into something even greater. Perfect, thank you so much. Um, what do you think, Jasim, is the biggest misconception people have about entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs in general? Okay, so is it more of the field or the people? Let, let's talk about the people. What is the biggest misconception people have about <laughs> entrepreneurs? <laughs> okay, okay, that's great. Um, to most speakers, I do advise that you read the works of Robert Kiyosaki, The Cashflow Quadrant. And this information is, is more public than usual, at least than the past. But what I see is the biggest misconception at least with my, the people around me, um, like I'm wasting my time, right? It'll never work or it's too risky or they're dreaming too much. But what I realized is um, the higher you get, right? With your associations, the less the resistance you get with entrepreneurship. Matter of fact, people are gonna praise you for taking the step into becoming an entrepreneur. People are gonna salute you, hey, you've done a great job. But when I started, and this is a big thing here, right? When I first started my journey with the people around me, um, they really weren't supportive, right? So a big misconception is, hey, they're wasting their time because we were, we're so caught up in, uh, in this paradigm that the only way to succeed is, you know, follow the system do what everyone is doing, which is proven to, to not be the only way. And I believe the biggest misconception is, you know, another big thing, by the way, is they think we're only driven by profits. Now, keep in mind, I was never driven by profits. I was driven by impact. I was driven by seeing something that was first created in the mind manifest, manifest itself into reality. So one of the biggest misconceptions is uh, they're only looking for profits. Another big, big misconception I've seen is uh, they're only doing it because they're lazy at work. Well, the, re the reason we were lazy at work is it didn't inspire us as much or what we were doing before didn't um, ignite that fire that we had within. 
And another big misconception is, uh, this is the truth, this is a fact um, in psychology, I believe, is when, when, when people do not agree accordingly to your bias, you tend to stay away or reject them more. Now, how did I know this? Uh, there is this place in Emirates Towers, which I used to go to, if I'm not mistaken, a year ago. It's called Youth Hub, and I'm pretty sure most of you know this. And most of those people are more open-minded and are more into entrepreneurship. So if you're an entrepreneur being there, you'll notice that they accept you. You'll notice that they praise, they help you. But if you, if you were to sit somewhere where your bias or your views in life contradicts theirs, now, unless that person is truly wise, they're probably gonna reject you because you don't align yourselves when it comes to how you see the world. So those are the three biggest misconceptions I've seen when it comes to um, entrepreneurs. Thank you, Justin. Uh, well, as a startup and a business uniting young adults at the beginning of their professional careers, we would like you to give us a piece of advice you find important or maybe a tip that you wish someone has shared with you in the past. Okay, that is amazing. Um, so I, I feel really <laughs> ashamed in a way to give advice because I believe um, all that I've done is still not enough. There's much more to push for. Um, but, but my, see the information that I've shared is not my own information. I did add a little bit based on my observations, but most of this information has been passed down mentor to mentor and mentor to mentor um, down to me. And I believe what we talked about with the spiritual side is big, it's key. You know, I believe intelligence, the way we define intelligence from time to time changes, right? In the past, it was more of memory. Who can memorize more, right? Who can recall better? Before that, it was critical thinking, for example. And then it got into more of art. But what I believe is intelligence in these times is eliminating distractions and the keeping focus. So focus in today's world is, is big because this is the golden age of achievement. We have so much information. We have so much, um, so many vehicles to get us to where we want. But now the challenge is, hey, how can I eliminate distraction, eliminate overload and just focus? So focus is a big key. Focus is really big. And remember, mindset is probably more important than skill set when it comes to success. And one of the biggest things is find a mentor who has what you want, you know, listen to them, be coachable, all right? So coachability, again, is willing to learn and willing to apply and change. And if, if you're just starting to work, just remain focused, be patient, and in today's world with how everything is changing, this, I call it um, fluidity, right? You wanna be fluid. There are some habits that you can adopt that can help you be more fluid than other individuals. So what, what you wanna learn is, hey, how can I adapt to anything that's in front of me? How can I adapt, for example, to a new skill that I have to acquire to be more productive at work. 
And this is the final tip, and I believe is the biggest tip, and it's by Napoleon Hill, who interviewed Andrew Carnegie to write the book, Think and Grow Rich. And it is go the extra mile. You see, do not just do the work for that income, for that paycheck. Do not just do the minimum to get that paycheck. I see a lot of people today in today's world, a lot of my friends as well, they just do the bare minimum so they could get that paycheck. What I tell them is, hey, if you go the, if you do more than you are paid or rewarded for, one day you will be rewarded for more than what you put in, right? So going that extra mile really is key. Well, I would like to thank you, Jason, for this very interesting conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, follow us on social media, and push your notifications button to be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. Thank you, and until next time. Bye.